0: is Jeff Kober and we welcome you to this Disney at Play podcast. Recently during a celebration of my daughter's birthday, I had a chance to visit Be Our Guest restaurant in Magic Kingdom at Walt Disney World. There is much that is really great about this restaurant and for those who have never seen it before, it is a wow experience to walk into. We get A chance to review that experience which was my daughter's first time there and I go through a systematic dining review of everything that took place if you're considering dining at this restaurant or it's been a while since you've been there then you may want to listen in on our experience during this podcast by the way you also want to check out our Disney at play uh, post that attends to this because it gives not only an outline of what we're going to talk about today but also a video of the BR Guest restaurant. If you've not seen it then we give a, a thorough kind of um, uh, glance at both inside and outside and what the whole thing looks like. So you definitely want to check that out as well. Before we get Uh, Going too far. I want to talk a little bit about the fact that the last couple of podcasts we've been kind of talking about where Disney is going, particularly in terms of its customer base, in terms of technology, and in terms of something called the metaverse. We had a podcast that talked about Bob Chapek's Three Pillars, which he announced to all Disney cast members recently. Followed that, we talked in detail about who is Disney's target audience and are you really part of that audience? And then we introduced this thing called the metaverse. Disney has been on the forefront, honestly, uh, among Fortune 500 companies, talking about what this experience is like. And so you just may want to take a listen to these podcasts. We're gonna continue that dialogue uh, in the podcast to come in the next few weeks, but I did want to kind of take a break and use the time to really kind of, uh, well, you know, to, to do, do something fun and this be our guest, uh, dining review seemed just perfect for that experience my uh, daughter celebrates a birthday right after the Christmas holiday and so it's really hard to just you know wake up three days later or four days later and have a birthday celebration so we try to do some things that are different and and uh, more than just simply opening up presents for her which is pretty much what Christmas looks like. So uh, one of those things is doing a special dining experience and for her she had never had the opportunity to visit be our guest I have been um, six seven eight times uh, since opening and in fact I I remember going very soon right after after opening occurred uh for this um uh, for this restaurant I want to say new restaurant it's relatively new but it's nearly 10 years old uh, more or less so, so it's it's really been a, around a little bit um and it's made some modifications and some changes which i'll talk about as we go through there is a challenge with magic kingdom dining as a lot of people feel like there aren't some really great wild places similar to what you might get at epcot when you go to the magic kingdom that's not entirely true it's be Our Guest is a pretty good wow experience if you've never been to it. In fact, one of the things that makes Be Our Guest so interesting is that you wouldn't know what's on the inside passing by the outside. There is no sense of the size and scope of the restaurant experience itself uh, beyond the mountain that you approach and over the drawbridge. So it is a it's a pretty interesting experience. Uh, interesting thing to kind of uncover as you are part of the Magic Kingdom. There's also a couple other restaurants. I love Skipper's Canteen. I think the theming and the experience there is so fun and so Magic Kingdom style. Also Cinderella's Royal Table. I, I love that. I welcome... I've only... I, I haven't taken this particular daughter to that experience as well. There, It's a, it's a dining reservation that's much harder to get, to be honest. Although this one's pretty tough to get to, and I was pretty pleased that right after uh, the the Christmas holiday, I was able to secure a reservation um, within uh, within a couple of days of notice. I really thought we'd have to wait longer to get in. Once she told me that's what she wanted to do, I I set about trying to make dining reservations, thought we'd have to wait till well into February, and lo and behold, um, I, a reservation for lunch showed up uh, just after the Christmas, uh, after New Year's Eve or New Year's holiday and the, and the Christmas holiday. Now, of course, the best person to review this dining experience is the one who, well, this was catered to. And so for that reason, I wanted to take, before I go into my a uh, more in-depth review of this experience. I wanted you to have a chance to see it and hear about it from the ears, or from the, from the, from the words of my daughter. And so without further ado, uh, let's, let's hear from Madison. All right, Madison. Uh, so you decided for your birthday, you wanted to go to be our guest. What were you thinking of? What was, what was in your mind at that time?
1: that I get to finally visit the restaurant that you said I've dined at before, but I didn't. So I'm finally so I'm finally curious to see what it was actually like myself.
0: You had no memory of ever having been there before. I thought maybe I had taken you at an earlier time, but you had no memory of that.
1: I've only walked in there, but I've never eaten there.
0: So let me just say you think about going to be our guest and you think it's going to be like beauty, and the beast, right? Of course. Did it live up to that?
1: It did. I mean, I was disappointed that they didn't have living antiques or anything, but you can only expect so much.
0: You You were hoping Cogsworth would come out as a clock or something like that.
1: And that Lumiere would just pop up and do this whole dinner show. Yeah, what a bummer.
0: That that was a little bummer. Um, you, there I'm were, only kidding. There were three. Uh, there were three dining rooms. Did you like where you dined? We dined in the main ballroom. Yes, we did. Did you like the other two? Tell tell me about what you liked about the setting.
1: I will say uh, where we sat at it. It was it was very busy, packed with people, and so it was kind of overwhelming. But I was so I was grateful I, I was very thankful that we were taken to sit on the side kind of, of the in a corner. Room. Kind of in the corner mm-hmm. away from uh a hustle most and bustle. people. Not right in the middle of that hustle and bustle. As for the other rooms, uh, I like the feel of the Beast's room. It kind of the felt west wing. yeah, the West Wing. It felt very haunted mansion and the Haunted Mansion is one of my favorite rides. Uh, I I wasn't too comfortable with the thunderstorm bit. Or, if there was thunder, it wasn't that loud. But I would have preferred something a little more peaceful. Now, the other room, what was it called? That
0: is kind of the portrait room.
1: Portrait room? That one was really pretty. I love taking a look at all the portraits and the large, spinning Beauty and the Beast statues in the middle. Kind of a clock. hmm Yes. Like kind of like a a wind up box. Yes. Mm -hmm.
0: Yeah, like a music box. A music box. That's what the word is. Okay, I will keep forgetting to use the word music box. But it was like a larger than life little music box that um, that is at the center of that. Now, what about your food?
1: The food was terrific. I I gotta say though, I think. Yes, the food was terrific. I was excited that they sh- served the charcuteries for appetizers, so I definitely had that. Uh, it, it had many different cheeses that I wasn't really too familiar with, but I managed to mix them up with the crackers and also the bread, the mm-hmm. free bread that they gave us. The main course, the scallops, I've never really had before, so I was definitely. So, it, it definitely the scallops was a good first impression on me. It the scallops were soft, it was easy to cut through, and you get to try them with the the sauce like you get to uh pour some pour some of the sauce mm-hmm. onto the scallops. So that was also a really good touch. Dessert on the other hand, I was a little underwhelmed. I mean, I mean, they were good. They were. It's and I'd say out of all the three mini desserts, I did like the ma- macaroon because I, uh, be, because macaroons are pretty delicious. The other two. If you I hear just, snorting,
0: by the way, her dog is coming to the room, and I think he's got some kind of allergy or something. So that's why you hear snorting in the background here. But keep going.
1: I. The did other you like the desserts. gray stuff? The gray, gray stuff was good, just didn't. It didn't just didn't out. wow me. Yeah, it didn't stand out to me much like the macaroon. No.
0: Yeah. Mm-hmm. Would you want to go back to that restaurant for another birthday celebration?
1: I would because you ordered the steak and the steak looked awfully good.
0: Steak did taste really good. We'll talk about. I'll talk about that a little later. Um, tell me um, now. I, last year I took you to Coral Reef, and I'm just gonna say. Uh, comparing those two kind of birthday experiences which did you like the most
1: I I would have to go with Coral Reef just because you can't beat a view with a sea view Now you had the whole aquarium view of sharks, sea turtles, manta rays and you just can't really beat that so easily I see and I
0: I see what you mean Sorry. <laughs> okay, but you but you really liked that.
1: Yes, I did. And you can also sense a pattern here. Because in the coral reef, I ordered the mahi-mahi. And Beauty and the Beast restaurant, I ordered the scallops. So, so seafood I'm a, is
0: your, your good girl.
1: Seafood kind of gal. And I wasn't disappointed with a scallop dish.
0: All right. Any other final thoughts about your experience?
1: Well, I enjoyed seeing the beast pop up every now and then.
0: Okay, good.
1: Would have liked to see Belle too, but they, but it's easy for the Beast to come out.
0: Very good. Mm-hmm. Well, thank you, Madison. Thank you for sharing uh, your experience on your birthday.
1: Mm-hmm. You're welcome.
0: I wanted to kind of, kind of take a look at this, and I have a, a model by which I, I, I talk about. It's called the six P's, and the first P is the promise. What is, what is it that they're promising you? They're promising you. That you will be their guest, be our guest, is a, a chance to step into the world of Beauty and the Beast, and to experience what Lumiere offered Belle on that on that first night that she arrived, and that whole feeling of being in that dining experience. That is the promise to step into the Beast Castle and to experience um, the world of. Of Beauty and the Beast. That's the promise with a lot of food added onto it. How do you deliver to that experience? You deliver to it through what is four delivery systems of people, place, process, and product. Let me walk through each of these and talk about their contribution and what worked and honestly what didn't work at times as we went through the dining experience. The first was the people, the staff, those who attended to you as you approached uh, the restaurant, those who took care of you during the dining experience and so forth. I have to say that I had a very solid experience by and large with the staff. They were professional and they were accommodating. Um, and I'll give some examples of that in a, in a minute. One of which was a billing issue was a little bit of a mess there, and they addressed, oh, I don't know what it was. It was that I had forgotten to have my annual pass discount applied to the experience. So, um, he went and redid the billing and took care of it. And I really appreciated, um, that example of being accommodating. And there were some other examples I'll mention in just a few minutes. People is actually the very, uh, is the one thing I'm really not going to talk a lot about. Uh, I felt like they were very solid. I thought they were very professional. I did not feel, and this goes a little bit with process, some Disney restaurants you can feel rushed. I did not feel rushed through this experience. I felt like this experience was about the length I would have wanted, especially If I'm trying to step away from a long, busy day at the Magic Kingdom, now because we're annual pass holders, we hadn't spent the whole day at the park. We actually just came in for lunch and after we left the restaurant, we really did a couple of things and then left the park. So we're not typical guests in that regard, but for guests who are coming and, uh, you know, they've been there from the beginning of the day and they're gonna stay until the fireworks, this is a nice retreat. This is a nice reprieve from the hustle and bustle of the park, and I think that speaks very well to to the experience. And I we never did I feel we were rushed, particularly by our server, with uh, one little moment. But I'll come back to that in a in a second. Let me talk about the place. Um, this is. This is so good on so many levels. And then there are some pieces of this that just don't work. And and let me just tell you what doesn't work. This little storybook land size castle on top of a mountain is entirely out of proportion with the dining experience inside. You see this distant castle, which was uh, all right, in terms of its force perspective on the mountain, I'm not that bad with that. But, boy, you sure get to the restaurant really quick once you enter the mountain. And it, it's it's too... It's it's not subtle enough. Um, especially when you see that Tokyo Disney has done nearly... Well, I would say it's probably a 50, 70 foot size castle um, that marks the entrance of its main attraction in its new Fantasyland edition. I'll talk a little bit about that later. So from that point of view, I think it's just kind of, it always looks puny. There's no getting around it. They they took the budget cheap on the castle and they made a small one and it looks like it and its it just sticks out for that very reason. Now that's said and done. I think the landscaping around it, the mountain work, rock work, I think that is gorgeous. The waterfall coming down, which separates that from Reese's Cottage and how it ties to um, Enchanted Tales, not just in terms of the, uh, the architectural and landscaping, but even within the restaurant, there is a a large clock on display in one of the dining experiences. It It's, uh, it, I say a clock because what it really is, is um, uh, what do you call it? One of those windups that are, is, is ro- a rotating statue of Bell and Beast. And you can see the blueprints for the design of this. It was supposedly built by Maurice, who's an engineer or, you know, a, a uh, a clocksmith of sorts, and and loves to tinker with all things, and and you actually see the blueprints for this as you go through Enchanted Tales. I think Enchanted Tales, which by the way is one of the few attractions that have not has not reopened at Magic Kingdom, and if you're going when it does, if you are going to go to be our guest, I really suggest that you precede it, or or at least do the attraction afterwards. I think it's such a cute, sweet little experience. I think uh, how you step into the magic mirror there and enter, uh, again, the Beast castle. Um, between Enchanted Tales and the Be Our Guest restaurant, you actually get a good chunk of castle, but you get some of it when you go through the mirror. Um, and i don't want to give away too much in terms of spoilers on enchanted tales but you you get a portion of it, the library especially as you step into enchanted tales and you get uh, much of the remaining portion as you step in to be our guest but i love it i love how it all ties and then it ties even beyond it with um the uh, french village and uh, where gaston's tavern is and so forth i love the whole feel of this little mini land within the new fantasy land. I say new fantasy land for us. Again, it's been around about 10 years now, but it is a great, it is just a really nice piece as a whole. Um, you step inside the castle, and by the way, I can't say enough about the high quality touches and things like chandeliers in terms of tile work, signage, uh, lighting, lighting. Um, chandelier, statuary, lots of little touches along the way that just really complement the whole experience of being at Be Our Guest. It's part of the place, and I just think they do a great job. You enter into what is the the dining room, and it is a big, or the ballroom, the ballroom from when Belle and Beast actually uh, dance in the movie, and it is replicated in a massive way. It's even bigger than the ballroom in the film that allows more diners to attend to. It's a little stunted for lack of a better term because there's actually a second kind of story uh, to it, a kind of a second balcony to it that's from a force perspective, again, feels a little shortened, a little stunted. It doesn't work from the force perspective and it would have been really cool. I think they're all faux porches uh, um, on the second floor. But it would have been great if Bell and Beast could have come out on one of those porches and waved to the guests and so forth. Yeah, what is very cool is on the far end of the ballroom, you see um, the outside forest. You see wind and snow blowing outside. It is a very clever effect and it's a really nice touch that makes you feel like you have entered into an evening hour of dining. Uh, very lovely touch and by the way even better when they decorate it for the holidays. Um, around this particular room are faux marble tables and um, I think my problem with this is that for a fine dining experience, and you're paying for a fine dining experience here, for a fine dining experience I kind of expect white tablecloths on the table, and I think that's a little bit of miss. There are also two other main dining spaces. One of them is called the Portrait Gallery. This is where the wind-up clock, uh, larger-than-life wind-up clock of Belle and Beast reside. It's a beautiful centerpiece in the middle of this room. It's surrounded by tapestries and largely portraits that showcase the story of Beauty and the Beast It's okay. It's not a room you actually see, or that I recall seeing, ever seeing in the original film. It feels like it's an add-on in order to accommodate more dining guests. I always feel like I've been kind of cheated out of the experience a little when I'm having to sit in that main dining space. The other dining space that is there is the West Wing, which is... um, haunted and um darkened it is a it is um a worn space which becomes essentially in the film the living space for the beast uh worn uh t- wallpaper and curtains and so forth but there's some really cool effects uh, at the far end of the room on one end you see the rose which sits under glass and every few minutes another or another minute or two actually another rose petal falls to the ground keeps keeps just petals keep coming down every day (laughs) never stops and it's a very cool effect it's just a very nice little touch and a very cool effect um the other thing and you could see this in the video that i have you have to pay attention to the portrait. There is a torn portrait. The beast has clawed himself through the portrait of the prince. But every once in a while, lightning strikes in that room. And when it strikes on a particular moment, then all of a sudden, the the prince turns into a beast and back into a prince. It's, it's like a Haunted Mansion style effect, but very effective again in this space. The only problem is, is as haunting and wonderfully, uh, there's a wonderful feel, thematic feel to the space. The problem is, it's not a dining feel. It's just not a place where you really want to sit and, and eat your food, especially because it's so dark. It's kind of hard to see that food. So to me, the best room is the ballroom. And, um, And by the way, I should say, um, one of the accommodations that were made is that my daughter does deal with some levels of of, uh, where noise really affects her, lightning especially. And I knew that the West Wing, which she had never been to, I knew that that would be okay for a minute or two, but not for an entire dining experience. So I went to the podium up front and asked if we might be accommodated by not being assigned to the West Wing. And they did a great job of uh, taking care of us and and making that work. Also preceded in that was just the online check-in. I mentioned already being able to get reservations two days out. And I love the new feature in the reservation system that says now. If you keep checking that out and you don't have a reservation, you do wanna do that, keep checking that now button because oftentimes I have seen in the moment uh, reservations. It may be later in the day. It may be mid-afternoon, not the ideal time, but reservations uh, opportunities do come up at, at Be Our Guest, and uh, you may want to take advantage of the now feature on the online reservations. Those are really good features. Again, processes are those policies, those procedures, those rules, those things that make it easier for you to do business. Um, and, and making a reservation online, as in demand as that restaurant is, you have options for how to to potentially uh, find an availability. And then the online check-in is wonderful. It lets you know you can check in a few minutes uh, before your time. I, um, I want to say 15 minutes before your time and they let you know. Now, for one reason, my watch wasn't set with my phone and I was expecting it to get be notified by text on watch, because you have an option to put down text. So for some reason that wasn't syncing up, but, um, so we were at Bonjour gifts, kind of looking around, very cool gifts in there. Um, before we realized, Hey, we really, our table really was ready for us and we could go. When you step into the restaurant, there is something that's gone. Now I, I mentioned earlier that, um, the, that I've been to this restaurant at least half a dozen times. What I will admit to is I've never been there during a formal seated dining server experience. I have been there at lunch and I've been there at breakfast, but what was happening previously in the early days was that when you came in for breakfast or lunch, you took an immediate right turn and kind of formed a queue where the nights were all lined up on both sides. And you entered into a parlor room where there were interactive kiosks where you could order your food. And after you had ordered the food on this, uh, this is before online ordering uh, took place. After you did this online order of your food, you picked up your they gave you this rose, an enchanted rose, but it looked more like a pink flowery hockey puck, about that size. And you take this puck and you were invited to grab your beverage, grab your silverware, grab your napkins, and choose any seat you wanted to in the restaurant. I love that because it gave me a chance to kind of check out everything out. Um, however, and um, they have changed that entirely. Right now, lunch is pretty much the same as dinner in that they have, um, it is table service and and there is no breakfast right now. And as a consequence, everything is a formal dining experience. Translated, everything's a lot more expensive than it used to be. They have recognized that this is a signature dining experience and with that, they don't want you to just grab dessert and check it out and then be on your way. They want you to pay full full dollar to have that experience. So that's what's happening. Now, again, that's why I say, if you're gonna go with the full dining experience, then you need to be putting white tablecloth linen on those full marble tables. Cause it just doesn't, it doesn't work for me. Um, now that you've gone to, and by the way, I sat there at our table And I noticed other um, tables, uh, guests leaving after their uh, dining experience and how long it took for them to turn around that table so another guest could be seated. That's a missed opportunity in terms of processes because those tables were often sitting for 10, 15 minutes before they were readied and prepared for more guests coming around. The other thing in terms of process is because again, you had this rose puck. So you put this rose puck on your table when you went and had breakfast or lunch and it was a, it had a <clears throat> GPS feature in it. So it told the servers where to bring your meal. And that was kind of a cool little feature, but because they weren't sure where they were taking that meal, they had a ton of these little carts that would go around. And those cards, it just sounded, it was always noisy in any of the rooms, especially the main dining room. And I'm happy to say the one good thing that's come out of formal table service is there are very few cards comparatively that are, being, that are carrying dishes from one place to the next. Again, it was so noisy and distracting uh, previously. So I was glad. Um, that that occurred. I should also mention before we leave process and go on to product, which is the food and some other things, I should mention that they ask you in the online reservation if you want to, if you are celebrating something. And of course, I was celebrating my daughter's birthday. And so I noted that on the reservation. And yet, this is the second time where I've had, it's maybe a third time, where I've acknowledged some special event, an anniversary or something, birthday, and they have not done anything to acknowledge that birthday. So why do you ask that if you're not going to do anything to acknowledge it? It kind of sets you up for failure in my view. Um, Well, anyway, this now brings us to the meal. And um, here's the good and bad of this. The good is, is that the meal is superior to what they were they were cooking for lunch before we were there for lunch, but now it's a a formal dining experience. I remember so many times the 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 main thing that was the most popular was the quiche. It wasn't bad. There was a side salad of arugula that was served. It was bitter. It never tasted any good. Um, it was it was really kind of a lame meal. When you really get down to it, I cannot say that here these were, these were a solid meal. Now with that, that is a fixed price meal. Um, and that in is the the challenge. I'll just kind of name, I'll just go through the menu very quickly as to what this fixed price meal will entail for you. Um, you have a choice of appetizers. Uh, Captain Nemo Octopus, which is a seaweed salad, cucumber, pickled beets, hearts of palm, tapioca crackers, beets, mousse, and carrot, ginger, silk. Um, I ordered that. Love the Captain Nemo reference because this used to be the area where Captain Nemo was. So I loved all that, but honestly, it was, um, it was okay. It was okay. Um... I didn't think they were too generous on the octopus. French onion soup, um, that is just a traditional thing. And I just been there, done that, didn't seem interesting to me. Mixed fields, um, greens, uh, brittle and seasonal fruit with the stone fruit vinaigrette. I just, no, 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 that arugula salad earlier. I know better than that. A main lobster bisque might've gone with that instead. Uh, has uh, poached lobster within it. My daughter got the assorted meats and artisanal cheese selection, um, which includes a Serrano ham, chorizo sausage, uh, Pleasant Ridge cheddar, uh, truffle, uh, uh, There's, it, You know what, that was a, a pretty good appetizer. and We quite enjoyed it. There was a bread basket uh, brought out at the same time Nothing too exciting about the bread basket. The only thing that really bothered me about that was that as we were finishing our appetizers and going to our main entree, ah, those that bread basket and the and the and the uh, attending bread plates were whisked away. I had to kind of say, hey, "Can we have a little bit more bread?" I don't know. If we ate it, but I I it I I felt like. It was the one place where I felt hurried, and it was the one place where I felt like the service should have asked me if I wanted more bread or if he should take it away. Um, added to this, when you get to the main entree, there's a herb salted pork tenderloin, uh, vin, uh, van de van, spiced vegetables, it's sauteed seasonal vegetables, crispy corn cake with coconut van de vin juice, and pickled mustard seeds. There's a center-cut filet mignon, there's pan-seared sea scallops, and um, I put rouge chicken, sorry if I didn't pronounce that correctly. My daughter had the sea scallops with a risotto. I ended up with the center-cut filet mignon. Uh, It was delicious. And with that, I asked if the risotto could be added to that instead of the potatoes. And they made that happen. I really appreciated that because uh, I really enjoy risotto over uh, mashed potatoes for all intents and purposes. So that um, that was a good choice. We were quite filled by the time we got through that main entree. Maybe it was the bread, but um, it definitely was a in my mind the meal was Disney Cruise Line quality and it was filling. And I mean, I say Cruise Line quality similar to what you would have had in Triton's or Enchanted Garden or uh, um, Animator's Palette. I felt like it was right along uh, the quality of those uh, meals. The dessert was interesting because it was a trio of things that were brought to you um a lemon jam macaron chocolate tart and a dark chocolate truffle um all that was great the chocolate tart by the way has gray stuff um the gray stuff with it and it was a different uh, approach to the gray stuff than used to be done with desserts and it was a much more impressive higher-end uh, dessert, but having the, the little three on the plate didn't look like a, a lot, but we were already pretty full, and it was all very tasty, and we really enjoyed uh, the gray stuff. They didn't offer steak knives to the filet mignon. Um, I couldn't cut it with a fork. It wasn't that good, but it it still would have been, and it wasn't tough by any, by any means, but you could have offered steak knives. Uh, to go with that. Um, the other thing, and this kind of rubbed me wrong and I didn't make a big deal of it. I almost wondered if I heard it wrong, you know, beverages, um, sodas are included with this kind of, um, fixed price meal. And by the way, I should mention that fixed price meal comes at a price point of $62 for adults. So this is a high-end meal. I mean, not the highest end meal. You could pay a hundred or hundred and fifty for really high end meals, but but this this is not cheap. I mean, to me, I didn't feel like the food was substantially beyond what I would have had um, in France at Epcot or um, at um, the Coral Reef in Epcot, and yet. I I paid a pretty high premium for this fixed price meal. So I think that was kind of... But at any rate, they offered sodas. So, you know, Diet Coke or whatever. Well, I asked if they had a pomegranate lemonade, which I absolutely loved and which they didn't have on the cruise line when we took it recently. They said they did have the pomegranate le- lemonade, but it was available at an additional price. And I... I, I couldn't believe I was hearing this. And it, if I had seen a manager at the end of the experience, I would have asked to be sure I had heard the right thing there because I thought that is really cheap to say, oh, you can have lemonade, but pomegranate lemonade, do we have to extra? Really? I, you know, that was a little, mm, hmm, 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 So when you talk about it being $62, Plus, tax and tip. And mind you, I had a 10% discount with the annual pass. That certainly helped. But when you look at all of that, then you kinda scratch your head and say, okay, was that worth the price of going? Well, I think there's a couple of ways to look at this. First off, just by itself, I have to say if, if you're going to spend the entire day at the Magic Kingdom, this is your big day on your vacation, and you wanted something to get away from the hustle and bustle of the Magic Kingdom, this is a pretty good choice. A little high-end, but it's a good choice, and it's a memorable experience. I have to say, in that regard, there's probably some some good value to that. Um, now, let's do some... kinds of comparisons to see if it's worth the price. Over at Disneyland they don't have a Be Our Guest restaurant they have a Red Rose Tavern and what the Red Rose Tavern is is it's a makeover that was done hastily in my opinion um, to the Pinocchio's Village House. Now remember that next door is Pinocchio's Village House at the Magic Kingdom and um, you're going to spend for a side and an entree and a dessert and a drink, you're probably going to spend about 28 to $30, depending on what you get. Um, will that be worth it? By no means. Will it be worth it at Disneyland's Red Rose Tavern because it's now themed to Beauty and the Beast? Slightly better than Pinocchio's, but honestly, I like the theming back at Pinocchio's Village House at Disneyland, and I wish i would go change it back. Um, there is a difference between the gray stuff at Red Rose Tavern and the gray stuff at Be Our Guest. Is it worth twice the price? Hmm, that's that makes it a little tricky there to the kind of think, but but it is a comparative point. You could have gone to a counter service restaurant and. Would you have gotten the same value? It certainly would not have been as memorable. You wouldn't have. You would have ended up paying twice the price, at least, uh, or or uh, possibly twice the price. But um, but would have been memorable. Not so sure. Now I want to offer a different comparative point here. I mentioned earlier that the castle. At Tokyo Disneyland, which was, uh, they added a new Fantasyland element to that. They took out the old um, Grand Prix Raceway, which was very similar to, not similar, but somewhat similar to the one we have in Tomorrowland. They took that all out and they extended their Fantasyland. And in there, they have a castle that is not as high as Cinderella Castle, which is the exact same castle as you see at the Magic Kingdom at Walt Disney World, but it's not a bad looking castle. It's got a good 70 feet, probably Sleeping Beauty Castle size. And you do feel like you are walking into the castle of the beast. Moreover, when you walk into that castle, you're not walking into a restaurant. You're walking into a ride, an amazing ride, a ride that where you board saucers and teacup kind of things, but much larger kind of bowls. And they take you around to different scenes from the story of Beauty and the Beast. And you waltz around the ballroom with Belle and Beast who waltz around with you. And you see Felipe, the horse, and you're out in the snow. And it's an amazing attraction. And it takes about the same square footage as that Be Our Guest restaurant. And I look at that and I think, wow. That would have been cool to have had that ride. I, I, I like the rides that are in Fantasyland. I like Seven Dwarfs Mine Ride. I like, I like uh, Under the Sea with Ariel. But this would have been a wow attraction that would have accommodated thousands of guests a day, and would have been a memorable experience. So, is it worth? That I, the pro I would have preferred the Tokyo Disneyland ride, and I haven't been on it yet. I've been to Tokyo Disneyland many times, but that ride just opened this year, and I haven't had a chance to get back out there. I look forward to going out there because I think that that's the wow, and I think it was a miss. I mean, mind you, be our guest. It 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 it, it, it does make sense to have a restaurant experience. I don't, I don't miss you on that, but, but still a total beauty in the beast ride that should have been put into the magic kingdom years ago. We did know that that ride, that, that movie was successful back in the uh, mid eighties. I think we could, or nineties. I'm sorry. Um, We did know by then that it was a pretty successful uh, movie. We could have made a big ride by, by now, but, We don't have it. So notwithstanding, your experience probably won't be at Tokyo Disney. It may not even be at Disneyland, but it will be at Magic Kingdom. Should you do it, I might give it a try. You take a look at the video that we have on our post at at disneyatplay.com. You make the decision. I wanted to give you a balanced view. I should say, is it worth it when it comes to, well, celebrating uh, a daughter's birthday? You know, I'm lucky because I live in a place where I can take my daughter for a pretty special experience on her birthday. Most people can't do that when they're in Cincinnati or Toledo or, or Mobile, Alabama. So I'm pretty lucky to do that. And for that reason, I did find it worth the price to celebrate her birthday and to be part of it. And so you may find that it's worth the price for you as well. Well, thank you for joining this Disney at Play podcast. Before we leave today, may I invite you to take a look at the Wayfinder Society. That's our Patreon group. For as little as a dollar, you can join, help support this podcast, but also get access to some wonderful, uh, wonderful discoveries, uh, interactive tools that help you uh, experience the Disney parks in ways you can experience elsewhere. This is really true. You wanna go at least to the, our Disney at Play a post and just take a look at our two sneak peeks to get a sense of the just a little peek at the whole of what we have to offer to those who join and help make this podcast available. So check that out. And if you get a chance, visit iTunes. if you could give a favorable rating, Or maybe a nice review. That really helps us to get the word out to others. Well, thank you for joining us. More uh, great podcasts to come. And in the words of Sinbad's storybook voyage, always follow the compass of your heart. Have a great day. We'll see you real soon.